This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Cinema Wave podcast. Today we are back in the swing of things with Marvel. They have another project and it is our first season two of a Disney Plus Marvel series. We're talking about Loki. It's been just about two years, a little over two years since we saw uh, Loki and the TVA go through all their crazy sci-fi-ness and everything that came with that first season, um, which I loved absolutely. And um we're going to have a big conversation against spoilers ahead. If you guys haven't watched the first episode, by the time this drops, it's going to be the day before the second episode. So again, if you guys haven't caught up by now, just again, spoilers ahead. Um, my name is Darian Scalamoni. I'm going to be one of your hosts for this episode, and I am joined by my Marvel buddy himself. This is Michael Penniston. What's up, Michael? Hello, everybody. Hello. Nothing much. I'm good. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that we're back in... Marvel season, yeah, a little better with the run that we've had. Yes, I would agree. Yes, 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 absolutely. So I want to get first because I just at least gave my thoughts on it. What were your overall thoughts of Loki season one when it came out in 2021? So I actually really liked Loki season one. I thought it was uh, strong of them to lead with that. I remember when it came out, it was one of the first shows that had come out on Disney Plus. I mm -hmm. think it was like WandaVision, then Loki. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think that was it. Yeah, and um, I think that it was so new and so unexpected at the time i mean the television like them doing tv shows was just new at that point yes. so it was, it was something to watch and it was during covid so it was like everyone was just tuned in at that point mm. um but i feel like it was strong with how they were wanted to move forward in the mcu knowing that they like, wanted to start bringing the multiverse into it and i think that loki was the best character to bring that through not only that it was just a good good show season one i thought the characters all delivered very well. Um, I thought that we got to see a side of Loki for sure that we haven't seen before. Absolutely. I think that it actually explained a lot of things um, from previous movies all the way back to the first Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it uh, it definitely opened the door for a lot of potential things to be happening, especially involving Kang, considering, you know, he is a driving force, especially for season two. Yes, absolutely. I think I think the one thing that was really interesting about when they even first announced Loki was we knew that the version of Loki that existed within the MCU at this point was a Loki that we had already previously seen, but he hadn't gone through some of the things he went through, right? Because this yeah. is Loki from kind of plucked out of the Avengers world mm -hmm. from the first Avengers, which is like 2012 Loki or whatever yeah. they call him. And we're going to start to see the evolution and, and the progression of who, what his character becomes as we see more seasons of the show if we get beyond a season two. But I think even more so he's going to be a really impactful potentially hero within the MCU going forward in his battle with Kang and the battle for time. And I think that's a good place to start. We jump into season two of Loki in an episode that I think is really good at reestablishing what this universe is because it's been two years since we've seen him. Mm -hmm. It's been two years. I mean, we've seen Kang in different areas, different variants of Kang. We've seen through um, the post credit scene of the first season where he's Victor timely. And we saw Kang the conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but he who remains. And that I thought was like a groundbreaking finale of the first season. What did you think about kind of being flung back into this universe in, I mean, the way that they do it, I mean, it just kind of throws you right back into it. So what did you think about the uh, execution of them being able to reestablish what the TVA was and this version of the past TVA where Mobius doesn't know who he is? So I'm going to be completely honest. At 
first, I wasn't too happy with the execution. I wasn't only because, and it took a little bit of time to, uh, I think just digest. Yeah. And I honestly just had to sit on it, but I think it was because it was just so abrupt. It was so like right back into it. Mm. And it had been two years. It had been such a, such a gap. I mean, I guess realistically it's not that long considering movies. Can no, but in terms of television, long. that's kind of a big gap. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think I was just kind of like, Oh, where are we? Like what's going on? Sort of thing. Again, I kind of needed to, to be brought back into it. I think I kind of needed at least like a couple minutes mm -hmm. of that rather than it just, going right into it but then the more i kind of like sat on that thought the more i realized that it needed to happen just because not only for the sake of the fact that there's only six episodes yeah but also because you know this this show i just feel like it it just is one of those things where it's constantly going it's constantly it is abrupt it's 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 especially also how it ended yeah you know, it is a pretty major cliffhanger so it only made sense to just dive right back into it it's something the fans probably also would have wanted more to yeah do. there's a real urgency to the ending of the show mm -hmm. and even like i i appreciated what the post-credit scene or it might have been two scenes i forget but what they were able to do in kind of showing that different version of kang mm -hmm. to make you just be aware because that was the first time we saw jonathan majors as any variation of the character and you, Sylvie again, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the first season of Loki, we're going to spoil the first season. Since it's been two years. Yes. <laughs> um, Sylvie kills he who remains. So that was something where even for me, I was like, Oh my God, like what just happened? Like, I don't even know if we're fully understanding the ramifications of what she just did. Mm -hmm. And when the show ends, the first season where he gets shot back in time, and he's like excited to see Mobius again. And he's like, you guys don't understand like this guy and this happened and you guys got to And he's like, who are you? And it kind of just centers you right there. Right. Yeah. But then you have two years to sit on that and you don't see Loki. You don't see Mobius. You haven't seen any of the characters from the TVA. You haven't seen anything that has to do with them up until I think there's a post credit scene in another film too. It might be at Quantumania, I think, where you yeah. see Victor Timely again. But uh, and you see Loki and Mobius, mm -hmm. which I think is going to be a part of this season. But they were very urgent, even in the telling of trying to throw the audience throw it right in your face. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you're getting thrown right back into it. If you didn't understand what the TVA was, we're going to confuse you again, because the one thing that I do think and there's actually a lot of chatter about this online. Some people think that this season so far, even through one episode is already too confusing because there's a lot of terminology and there's a lot of vocabulary being thrown around like time variance and like temporal looms and time Ouroboros skipping. and time looping, time <laughs> skipping yeah. that it's pretty easy to get wrapped up in that and it get too complicated. Mm -hmm. The thing that I think Loki does a really great job of is they establish what this universe is and they did a really great job of establishing what the universe was in the first season now they have to kind of the audience i think they're asking them to kind of trust and sort of jump on board and, and just go along for the ride because we're learning along with the characters mobius isn't aware of what this time skipping is loki just knows that he's turning into spaghetti practically every every five minutes so that's something that i i do what what are your thoughts on if it's do you think it's too confusing so far through one episode um yes i was a bit confused when i first watched i don't think i wasn't necessarily confused actually i think it was just more so uh, i was it was again it was it was quick that, that's yeah so it was just a lot to keep up with mm. and it, it you know it was it was you could keep up with it but it was again like like you said throwing a lot of those words out there and a lot of things that we aren't really familiar with 
but that's also it has to start somewhere mm -hmm. now that i'm realizing like especially if they want to dwell more and deeper into the multiverse mm -hmm. then these are things that i guess are going to come out at some point so i guess it is it does make sense just to start using them and throwing them especially also if um you know it's going to become a bigger thing in this season you know with the time skipping along you know things like that so i think that it confused me to a degree and i can see how a lot of people are getting confused by it but i could also see how it again is is could be important to just kind of throw those in those those words and those things in there so quick without a clear explanation i feel like we're going to get that explanation at yes some point, you know throughout it um, but again, it's like those those breadcrumbs and Loki, I feel like has always been good for um, throwing just like kind of like weird tad bits of like things that are low key huge, but like in the show, it's just like a little thing. And um, like, uh, for example, season one, um, when Loki saw the the gems, the the time stones and yes, like all the and stones, the and Infinity Stones, they were paperweights. They just yeah, paperweights. Yeah. Like something like that is huge to the viewer, but like they just threw it in there quick, and it was again like a quick thing, and they just kept going. So I feel like I it is I could see it's going to be a trust thing. It is going to be a trust thing. Um, there's going to be a lot of those moments I feel like in this season as well, where they are just going to kind of like do quick things like that, and we're just going to have to be like, oh snap, wait, okay, uh, all right, that's and just keep moving along. Yes, but I guess that's Loki. You kind of you kind of pick up on Easter eggs throughout the series too, at least the first season. The thing that I really liked about the first season that I'm hoping mm -hmm. continues on with the second season is though they distract you, so to speak. And again, like they talk about it so often, like time works differently in the TVA. They say it every. <laughs> like practically every 10 minutes, yeah, yeah. even if they don't say it in that exact way, they're explaining it to you that way. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I really appreciated from the first season was they had all of this contained story for Loki mm -hmm. as a character and seeing him grow and seeing these different variants of himself and understand. I mean, he fell in love with himself practically in the first season with Sylvie, but it didn't have that larger scale momentum and, um, implication for the mcu until we get to that final episode with he who remains yeah ever since then i think a big part of what marvel's issue has been is they are trying to push all of these moments to kind of coagulate in a way that doesn't feel natural it doesn't feel organic as maybe the first three phases of marvel had been mm -hmm. loki i thought was like a perfect microcosm of the way that it should be done Mm -hmm. And even in the like in terms of them doing it in television, I'm hoping I'm hopeful as well that the first this is a six episode series similar to the first season. The first five episodes, we start to understand more about Loki as a character and his connection to trying to help fix whatever is happening with time. And Mobius trying to figure out who Kang is in relation to the TVA and what his impact on time is. And then by the last episode, we hopefully have this wrap up where it's like, oh, well, this is going to lead us into Kang Dynasty, but this yeah. is going to lead us into Secret Wars. Yeah. So the thing I did appreciate about the first episode is that it doesn't beat you over the head with Marvelisms. It beats <laughs> you over the head with like Lokiisms, things that we can identify and we can establish within this own universe that kind of came to be in 2021 because i remember when the tva even was a thing and people were like it was so different than anything we had seen from marvel it's like a workplace comedy but it's also there's thriller elements and there's sci-fi and it's it was a very very interesting way that michael waldron was able to write the series and, and kind of establish this universe within the mcu yeah yeah definitely um i'm curious to to see how you feel about um just because i feel like in season one 
Um, obviously, we, we were introduced to the TVA in this universe and obviously mm -hmm. it being such a powerful thing. And by the end of it, it's crazy to see like they they almost took that power away from themselves in season one. Mm -hmm. So now it's like and then that was that was way back then, two years ago. So now to be introduced in this season, knowing where where they're at, that they are powerless and things like that. How do you feel about the fact that they chose to do that that quick in season one, just because again, I feel again, we're, Loki's just going to be quick no matter what. It's yes. just going to be quick, fast paced no matter what. <clears throat> but I'm just curious how you felt how you felt having it be them start with them not necessarily knowing you know the power or them just the TVA powerful. you're exactly, talking about yeah because it is a different TVA you know than yes. what we were originally introduced to when we first saw them in in Loki one, but Loki season one. But again, that that was it's. The whole season, by yes. the end of the season, you know, it was, yeah, yeah. it was power, powerless. So now to be introduced to this season, knowing that they are powerless, how do you think that that? Do you think it? I guess it just goes more to the quickness. I guess I think that it, I think that it's an interesting thing that we're gonna see these members, and again, Mobius probably the most. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, if you consider Loki a member of the TVA, but he's kind of his own thing. Yeah, yeah. But Mobius for sure, maybe Hunter B fifteen, maybe some of these other new characters, maybe Sylvie comes in. We know she's at mcdonald's at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the episode which is hilarious yeah. but um i think it's going to be interesting to see them chasing the tale of kang uh -huh. or, or victor timely i guess it's going to be that i think it's going to be that variant is who they're going to they're going to really focus on in, in loki season two i think it's going to be interesting because again like with the first season kang isn't even in your mind mm -hmm. until you get the introduction of that character like yeah. and it's also not Kang. It's it's a different variant. He who remains that kind of runs everything, and I think that's that's a combination of two different characters from the comics. It's a mixture of Kang and it's another character that is called He Who Remains in the comics. That is not a Kang variant that they kind of brought together to kind of submerge and be this version. Mm -hmm. So I think that the TVA doesn't understand how powerless they are, and that's also going to be a dynamic that I think is going to be interesting. I'm really curious to see how. Uh, Ravona Renslayer is going to play into all of this because she disappears mm -hmm. at the end of the first season mm -hmm. and she's a love interest of Kang in the comics. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. So oh, we're going to get to a point too. And she used to be the head of the TVA until we saw the androids. And I know for the people who haven't watched this show, <laughs> if you're, if you're still tuning in and watching this, it's going to get very convoluted because there's so much that happens in the first season. Yeah. But I do think that it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see the TVA sort of, on um kind of on their back legs so to speak like yeah. they, they're they're always going to be trying to figure things out along with loki and i do appreciate that i'm really curious to see what happens with sylvie do you have any theories in terms of like what is going to happen with her character what is she still kind of looking for searching for because we we get only a few little moments with her in this first episode and i think that sylvie's storyline throughout this first episode was another thing that kind of was a turn off for me Okay. Um, I I felt like I just wanted more. You know, it was like the like you said, it was we only saw a few minutes of her in this first episode, with not a lot of explanation. And the times that we did see her, it was her very random, very just like very confusing sort of moments. Like when we saw her in the elevator, mm -hmm. um, when she went back, when Loki was time skipping, and then you like you said at McDonald's. And so, um, I'm to be honest, I don't really know what is in store for for sylvie the one thing that i did appreciate was that after credit scene um in mcdonald's a little bit more than 
the other times we saw her just because it did give a little bit of an idea that she just wants a little bit of normalcy Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's going to play a lot into um not only sylvie's actions moving forward but why she did what she did to he who remains um you know and i I feel like it's it's going to be that's going to be an ongoing storyline and theme for both of them is is they're still both sylvie and loki are obviously still figuring a lot of themselves out and um that will continue happening and i feel like look sylvie finding that that more of a normalcy and finding that life that she maybe once had a a, a little bit to a degree Mm because there's not no really going back to the life that she had yeah was explained in season one um but getting to that degree that she can i feel like is we're gonna see that affect everything just because it's like and them finding themselves they affect the entire universe that's just like a loki thing yeah and we've seen it every time now with loki's character and so again i don't really know what they're going to try and do with her character i definitely think they're going to try and bring more of that normalcy out and play on that um but it it, it, i don't know it's very confusing that kind of i think her her storyline played more into that confusing element that i think people were talking about how do you feel about yeah it? i think that i think and i agree with you in terms of the normalcy but there's another word that is in my head that i think that and this also is something is a theme in the first season with loki i think they're both sylvie maybe a little more so are looking for freedom in a way that like if you look at time because again this whole construct of what this theme of this series is is time and how time works and how time affects everything right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have they're both trying to free themselves of of looping and they're trying to free themselves of of kind of on the run because they want to be their own versions of themselves, but they're not able to do it because an establishment like the TVA exists. Mm -hmm. So when she ends up, at least the way I interpreted the McDonald's scene and they ask what she wants to order, she says everything because she's so enriched with life and not having to kind of answer to anyone or be on the run from anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm theorizing that part of what is going to kind of occur is that her and Loki are going to want to be together. And I think they're going to want two very different things. And I think she's going to want to be like, just live with me in normalcy. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be like, no, because there's still an aspect of him that has heroisms there. You see that even, I mean, again, this, this version of Loki from the, 2012 avengers that we're starting to see he doesn't go through all those other things that come after it that kind of brings him back to the light right doesn't like the things we see in ragnarok the the him kind of coming together with his brother in dark world like you don't see any of that with this version of the character because this character never lived that yeah so which i think is again because of how complicated this is it's hard for the viewer to kind of keep up with that <laughs> but i think that with her i i wasn't i wouldn't say i was disappointed with her screen time in this episode I am just hopeful because she was such a cog in the first season. She was such a great character. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the characters in the show are great, but her especially was a standout. I am hopeful that we still get enough of her story, but now we also have an introduction of another character that's in this series. And I'm curious on your thoughts, but uh, Ki Hoi Kwan, uh, <laughs> who just won the Academy Award for Everything Everywhere All at Once, oh, yeah, he's is. finally showing up in other things, which I love, and he's getting so many opportunities. And his character is named Ouroboros, which is also the name of, of the premiere, ironically enough. What do you think – how do you think his performance was so far and where do you think we're going to see his character kind of be? You think this is like a one-off in like the season or we'll see him maybe a couple other times, kind of like Eugene Cordero's character? Or do you think it's going to be someone that kind of carries through along with Mobius, along with Loki, along with Hunter B-15? 
I I do think he'll 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 carry through. I think that they're gonna form some sort of team in themselves. Um, I still also just because of the, we're still kind of in a little bit of a theme um, of team of being built and stuff like mm-hmm. that, even through a small project like this. Yeah. So I could see that that happening. Not only that, I um I feel like because his character was kind of like the tinkerer and he could do that, I feel like at a time later on when they may be up against the the version of Kang, I forget his name, in this... this Victor Timely. Victor Timely, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, like, that could play into it a little bit in, like, a team aspect. As far as his performance and everything in this first episode, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I Honestly, I think I might be biased. I love this guy. I yeah, he's great. <laughs> he is great. Uh, I, and honestly, the character that they they wrote for him and um that he is portraying is it's very similar to his character and everything everywhere all at once which i think is kind of reminiscent of who he is as a person too you see that in interviews and things like that he's very like frenetic Mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of energy that comes off of him even like i mean during i don't know if you saw any of this but like when all the press and stuff was happening during award season like anytime he was within like 20 feet of harrison (laughs) ford he's just like oh my god it's indeed (laughs) <laughs> and it's like this is exactly who he is as a person yeah, yeah. and he i think this character like you can't have him just show up in marvel like I, of course i want him to get all the roles but mm-hmm. like he doesn't fit the mold of every single potential character in the mcu mm-hmm. being in a series like loki and working in the tva mm-hmm. because of how chaotic it all is i think it's just like perfection it is it is and and he i don't know he represents i feel like his character is going to represent um a side of the TVA that we for sure haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also a big fan of the scene of, of that he was in only because the way that they chose to do it, um, having it be like Loki being in the past and Mo- Mo- Mobius being in the, the present and still having that conversation and stuff like that, that, that I honestly thought was really smart. Mm-hmm. I thought that the way they wrote that was, was really That scene, yeah, where, they, where he kind of time skips back and forth. Yeah, and then you're seeing like, oh, like he's like explaining how he doesn't have certain things, but like when Loki explains, yes. like, like it's then, then, oh, okay, now we have it in the, in the present time. I don't know. I thought that that, I don't know. It, it all fit. It all fit very well. And I, I wish that we saw more. I agree with, with you. I feel like that is for his character something you want to see more of that i don't want it to be a waste sort of thing marvel is kind of good for getting these good characters Mm. and then like wasting them in like an episode yeah like a scene or something you know what's interesting to me is the episode feels very short it does and it's for i'm looking at the imdb page now it's actually 45 minutes which is crazy because the pace is if like that, I, I don't know if that includes credits because there was a post-credit scene and the credits were pretty long. So it might have been – it might have topped in at like 36, 37 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's so fast-paced, this episode, that it feels much shorter. And I think that might be why – I like I said, this isn't the best episode of Loki. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a nice reintroduction to get us, like I said, back into the world. Mm-hmm. But by the time it was over, I was like, oh, all right. But I was ready for more. Yeah, and I do yeah. think that – Unfortunately, Mark and I have talked about this on our Ahsoka recaps, but part of the issue is that Marvel and Star Wars in general, they set like these episode counts. And when you do that, it's like you're already setting an expectation in the viewer's head where you're like, all right, so like this was a good episode, but like I feel like we didn't get that much information. We got a new character. We got to see Sylvie in a different environment, and we got to see Loki reestablish his relationship with Mobius. But it didn't propel the overall story forward. And I think that's where this episode kind of lacks a little bit. 
because you're wanting more. And it's like, was the right choice potentially to make it like a two episode premiere? But if you do that, you run into the problem of, oh, well, we're already a third of the way through the show now. Yeah. And again, in the business side of it, I can understand why Disney doesn't want to do that. They did it with Ahsoka because it's eight episodes and you can kind of elongate the series. Mm -hmm. Did you think that it was lacking? Like, did you think that there was something else that you wanted to see? I know we talked a little bit about Sylvie, but was there anything else in particular? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that there's a clear answer. And I think that it's another reason why um, we it, it, it moved quick with us wanting more. I wanted to see a lot more of, of Victor. I wanted to see Kang. I know it's so soon. Yeah. Like, so soon to be get, getting that. And it made sense that we didn't get as much as we, that we didn't see him at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like we knew going into this season that the stakes were as high as they were, considering that at the end of season one, it wasn't Kang. It was, you know, he who, it was Kang. It was he who remains. But we knew now that we were dealing with Kang. And then obviously, obviously throughout the years, seeing all the, the versions of Kangs that we've gotten to see and knowing that he's as powerful as he is and that he is such an important and driving force for the season, I was hoping to maybe see like at least one scene with him or maybe even like have him appear in like more like that after credit thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't get that. Again, it is so soon, and it made sense that we didn't get that. That's me being a little eager. Yeah. Um, but I wish that we did get a little bit more of that. Um, and I wish that we we had a second to kind of, like, breathe with Loki yeah. for a little bit. Um, just because he did go through a lot of pretty traumatic things still in that first season. He mm -hmm. that he didn't realize or know it was that earlier version of Loki. So he didn't know a lot of things that have happened that ha that had happened at that point. And so it season one alone moved super quick and you know, a, a lot of those things and he never really got a moment. I feel like like that. So I feel like we kind of had a little bit of more, a little bit more time with Loki just yeah. to be able to kind of like be like, Oh, Oh shit. This all just happened. Instead of, instead of him time skipping every five yes, minutes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the time skipping. Yeah. I think, I think again, for a visual gag and gag for lack of a better term, like just a visual kind of thing to kind of establish what this is going to mean for him and this version of the character going forward. I understand it. I do think, I think it's a misstep by them trying to make the whole entire breadth of this episode be based on trying to familiarize the audience again with where we are, because I think that if you watch Loki season one, you're excited for season two. Right. And I actually got a stat right before we started recording. So the season two uh, premiere of Loki is the second most viewed premiere on Disney plus of the year. So that means that the numbers are going up because I remember the first Loki, I think, did pretty well, but I don't think it ever like WandaVision had higher than it. I think Ms. Marvel had higher than it. So there were other shows that kind of surpassed it. And it was kind of a word of mouth show like the like as Marvel fans were kind of tuning in, they were like, I don't I don't think if I I don't think I saw a negative review of the first season. I think there were aspects some people liked more than others, mm -hmm. but people were really on board for it. So this was you have to kind of set up something where you want to kind of bring people back. And it just felt like it was a continuation mm -hmm. where you didn't establish much of anything to echo what you just said. I do think that season one the encapsulation of the kind of payoff really goes into Sylvie. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to get that with Loki this season. I think that, Ooh. I think that we have to see something happen with Loki where, and this is way ahead because we're only talking about the premiere right now, but just theorizing. I do think that 
by the end of the season, something is going to happen with Victor Timely's character that is going to sort of propel Loki into being like, I need to get to the Avengers and I'm going to need to tell somebody that something is happening because I think they sort of hinted at that in the first season, but then we have that episode with the Loki variants, which was one of my favorite episodes. But I think that it's going to be like you were just talking about it. He's such an important and essential character going forward with the two of the Avengers movies that are coming out. One of them, he's in the name Kang and the other one is secret wars, which is like a huge comic arc where he is the villain. Like you have to build up to something and I think that Loki being the only one that's really had an interaction with them other than Ant-Man now, they're going to have to come together and they're going to have to be the ones to sort of propel this forward. Like similar to how in Infinity War, like people had interacted with Thanos. And then we have, of course, that moment in the beginning of the of the um, film where Loki dies. Mm-hmm. So I'm what, do you do you have sort of a, a big picture theory for where, even if it's not what you think is going to happen yet, because we're only one episode in, something that you would like to see happen, because Marvel's also in this weird state. We've talked off camera about it. I feel like we speak for the majority here that the current phase of Marvel didn't stick the landing the way that I think they thought it would. And I think that the multiversal stuff got very complicated. And I don't think Loki was one of the culprits of that. I think it started to get really crazy with multiverse of madness, with things like quantum mania and things just kind of not again, like sticking the landing some of these films didn't turn out the way that we had hoped or we had theorized that they would. So do you lean a certain way in terms of something you think we need to see by the end of this series? Um, I, I definitely, uh, I, I, it wasn't a thought before, but now that you actually just now brought it up, I would like to see actually, that that moment with Loki, that that almost that that heroic moment, you know, that because like we we've seen acts of heroism throughout him throughout this this show alone, um, but I feel like we need that strong moment, especially with uh, Victor Timely's character. Um, I could definitely see there's there there being some sort of face off between that. Um, I, I I definitely think that. By the end of the season, um, we're going to need some better inter- int- We've already had that introduction to Kane, and at this point, most people know who he is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people still don't really know who he is and like the states that really do come. Because like you said, he is like a driving force. Not only that, but for the, the, the sake of the Avengers movies, like he is like that Thanos... He's supposed to be beating Thanos. Yeah. There's a, like a level of like, oh, okay, we got to come in even harder with that. And so I still think that there needs to be a lot more room to flush out that character, especially knowing that we're going to see so many different versions of him. I I think that that this is a good place for them to be able to kind of explain him a little bit more. Um, and I think that Victor Timely is the best way that they could do that just because it is one of the earliest version it is the first right i, I think so it is. yeah and yeah so, and so I, I i think that that seeing his character more um in that light and and more of a who is this guy moving forward I, I i hope that we get that i hope that we get that and i like you said i hope that we get that through loki pushing him to like you said, I love the idea of him even having to go to the Avengers at some point, having to be like, "Oh snap! Now I am this this heroic thing," and like th- like knowing that that could even eventually lead to 
their distrust of Loki, like, oh, how do we know you? We believe you and stuff like that, knowing what we saw even in Avengers One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when he was that kind of driving force for Thanos, you know, being the, oh, uh, somebody's coming, da da da, but being more on his side. So I don't know. I like that par- parallel a lot. I, I do to see now him playing the hero moving forward. I just think that we need more explanation on Kane. I do. I think, and they have the room to deliver that in this season. Um, I, I I wasn't a fan of the time skipping throughout it, um, this episode, but um, after I sat down and I thought about it for a little bit, I realized, oh, snap, there are going to be moments with Victor maybe face-to-face because he's in that, that because he's... Past uh, version. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. didn't even realize at first. And so I think that we are going to get those. Um, it's just, again... A, a level of how quick they want to throw that out there. Like I'm hope I'm hoping it's going to be an episode two because I, I, I agree with you, but the other thing is now I think the time skipping based on what we see at the end of the episode, that's not going to happen anymore. Right. Cause he prunes, he gets pruned. That's true. And he gets so, right. so it might've been used as a device to again, sort of give us that introduction to Ouroboros Show us because uh, it was another interesting t- tidbit that I found out. Shout out to Screen Crush because I found out this from Ryan Airy. <laughs> um, Ouroboros is actually like an old Egyptian symbol. Did you know about this? I did. It's like a serpent eating its own tail. So it's like circular and it's like, again, just looping over and over. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's part of the reason that they utilized not only the character being named Ouroboros shortened to OB and then uh, the episode being called Ouroboros because so much of this first episode is looping. All of it. it. We're cutting back and forth between two versions of the same character. We're time jumping with Loki. So I'm hopeful that they're not going to continue that trend of the time jumping or the time skipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that Victor Timely is a character that, like you said, you have to establish the beginning of what this character is. Yeah. Because he's the first one to really have all these villainous aspirations and there's something very sneaky about what is going on because nobody else is aware of it mm-hmm. other than Loki because he got it told to him by he who remains. Yeah. So I, I think I'm hopeful that episode two is going to be the one where we start to see, even if it's a little bit, even if we see him for maybe a couple of scenes in, in episode two, and then we start to, I think, I think once we hit the midpoint, usually that's where Marvel hits its sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Hope they stick the landing like they did with the finale. But I think episode three will start to really, like it's going to be some things that like blow our mind, similar to how season one was. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I hope. I hope we could only really hope, you know, with this sort of thing. But they definitely do need to flush that character out. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially considering that, um, I feel like you know, with all of the first, what do they call it? The first saga, all of the films. Uh, the Infinity Saga. The yeah, Infinity yeah. Saga. Um, they didn't really need to do that with Thanos because it was still so new and that's another driving force moving forward i think is going to be like a something that marvel is always going to be a challenge for marvel is because that first saga was so solid yeah kind of groundbreaking it's it's like and you could do things like throw thanos in an after credit scene and like have no explanation you know a lot about that until you got to like the end of the saga where we're really starting to now see him i feel like you can't do that this time you know what i mean well like, because there's so many different versions of this character too yeah. and, and and i think that a big part of what is making it so complicated is that's not as digestible for the casual fan 
And I think that's where a lot is getting mixed up because mm. even the diehard comic readers, people have to remember, like, they're not adaptations. Like, when the Marvel's making these films, they're taking elements of the comic books to come up with a story. But there's all different types of comics and 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 storylines for all these different characters, whether it whether it's Spider-Man, whether it's Captain America, whether it's Iron Man, now it's Kang and, and Loki. They're not adapting a comic 100% like they would do like a book adaptation of a film. So a lot is left at liberty and that's where things start to get messed up, right? Some people love She-Hulk because the character is 100% what the character is on the page. But the stories that she gets involved in are so low stakes and they try to play with the modernalities of like rea our reality. But people don't like all of that with her character or with the show, I should say, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. With Kang now, we're in a situation too where the stakes were so high at the end of Loki season one, when he was able to lay it all out for Sylvie and Loki and be like, if you mess this up, you're going to cause a really big problem here. And then th I think this goes back to like quantum mania. Like he wasn't the way he gets defeated is, is a way that it kind of makes you just be like, Oh, so like Kang's gone. Oh, I know. I have a feeling I know exactly why that happened. Yeah. There's probably a good, good reason for it. Yes, yes. But I think that, again, for casual audiences, they just look at him as someone that was just like, oh, he was just defeated. And then you see the Council of Kangs, but a lot of people don't understand what that means. Yeah, right? Like, there's a lot. There were so many Kangs in that council. Yes. Too. Thousands yeah. in an arena. So we have to kind of see what plays out with this character. I'm really excited and anxious to see what happens with Loki's relation to this character because so much – was just based on this one interaction that he had with him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. Like I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive back into this world. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think it was, like I said, a solid way to kind of bring us back to the TVA and the relationship and chemistry between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston is great. Yes, yes. And I do think that the things that lacked in the first episode, I think were at least made up for in a way by Kihoi Kwan and this new character that for humor purposes, we can kind of get behind, mm -hmm. but hopeful that they can start to kind of push on the gas pedal a little bit in episode two. But I have a feeling episode three is going to be the one where we start to kind of see an uptick in terms of, uh, I, I don't want to say quality, but in terms of like the impact that this series might have as a whole by the end of it and kind of on the MCU as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I would love, for them to also in that that quickness i guess or by episode three having reveal a lot more of that um one thing that i thought they did season one that was really strong was at the last episode when we got that reveal of he who remains i feel like that episode was actually kind of slow i feel like we kind of had that moment to kind of like sit there and listen to what they had to say i hope that by the last episode of this season we did a moment like that, whether it is Loki and Victor Timely just having another conversation similar to the way that we got to see uh, Loki, Sylvie and um, he remains have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I hope that by that last, last that last episode, we get that that moment, whether it is a conversation that's longer than it needs to be or, you know, something like that. I just I hope that we get those answers by episode two, episode three. But I hope that by the last episode, we we get a moment with those characters, you know, mm -hmm. just to really sit with them and be like, oh, my God, like, again, what is happening? Because it's all confusing. Yeah, but that's true. <laughs> but yes. Well, I do think that I think that's a good place to sort of wrap up the conversation. We, there's a big looming threat 
-hmm. what we know is Kang or Victor Timely, whatever version they decide to throw our way. We do know in the post credits that it seems that Victor Timely is going to be the variant that Loki and Mobius are dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see where we go with episode two. I know you're going to be on some of these other episodes talking about the series. So uh, I'm really excited to see. Hopefully Marvel kind of turns the tide. Like I think we both have been kind of on edge with some of the things we both, I know loved guardians three, Yes, but there were some other things along the last few. I know that secret invasion built didn't sit very well with us by the end. Most things have been bad. Most yes. Things haven't been good. And even if you're not going to say, even if you don't think they're, even if you don't want to say they're bad, they're just not of the quality of what Marvel is accustomed to putting out. And yeah. I think it should, I'm hopeful that Feige is kind of turning into this quality over quantity thing. And since Iger came back in, he's talked about kind of pumping the brakes on some things and so we have Loki now and we have the Marvels in November and then I think we're done for the year. So hopefully this puts us on the right trend. And this is the one I think to end the year to to end the year with like a push for 2024 to kind of then get the gears growing again, like you said. And so Loki being the, the, the last thing of the year to be because the Marvels, I feel like we are going to get. That'll be cool. The Marvels will be cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting story. It'll be nice to see a, a team up again to try to bring some of these characters together. And I I love Kamala Khan, so I'm interested to see her on the big stage. But yeah, yeah, Loki's but, the one we're we're pushing for. I'm pushing for. I really do think that Loki, if they do it right, I think it could be big. I think Loki. Honestly, I think Loki's gonna end up being one of their best franchises, you know, underneath Marvel. But I hope that this is. I hope that this is the season. <laughs> I know. I agree. Yes. I agree. Well, guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up our conversation for the first episode titled Ouroboros for season two of Loki. The premiere is on Disney Plus right now. You guys can watch it. If you guys haven't also already, make sure you guys subscribe to our channel, the Culture Wave Media Network. You guys leave a like. Comment your thoughts on the premiere episode. Michael and I will be talking to you guys in the comments. We're definitely curious to hear what you guys have to say. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. We're at Cinema Wave Media as well as on TikTok. And we're also on Facebook. You guys can also follow us at our Culture Wave channel, which is at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram. I'm just going to sign off. My name is Darian Scalamoni. And I'm Michael Penniston. And we'll see you guys next time.